This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Cricket. Cricket makes perfect, classic, and easygoing polo shirts. For 20% off your first purchase, go to cricketshirts.com slash fool and use the promo code fool. That's cricket, C-R-I-Q-U-E-T, cricketshirts.com slash fool and use the promo code fool. It's Tuesday, October 25th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today from Motley Fool One, Ron Gross. Thanks for being here. Hey, hey, great to be here. It's my son's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday. How old? He's 11. Wow. Great, He's 11. Great age. Great age. Well, so your son is older. So after yeah. the podcast, you can give me <laughs> oh, sneak, you don't want my advice. a sneak preview of coming attractions <laughs> of, of what happens in the teenage years. Nothing, although, nothing good. Although I did, ha- I did have a, a moment of pride this morning. Woke him up. He was pretty, you know, pretty sleepy. And I just, you know, sort of leaned in. And I said, hey, you know, happy birthday. Do you, you know, do you feel. Older, <laughs> a and, standard question, and yeah, standard question. <laughs> right. Do you feel older? And eyes closed, sleepy voice. He says, "I think I need a retirement plan." <laughs> wow. I was like, wow. "Oh, I love that so, kid." So, uh, yeah, so proud of my boy. <laughs> That's great. Uh, we've got some earnings to get to, and we got Halloween just around the corner. Yeah. So we're going to talk Halloween again. It kids. comes up every year. It every seems. year. It's crazy. Yeah. I meant to do this on yesterday's episode, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it today. We're going to talk Halloween candy. Nice. So get your emails ready. Marketfoolery at fool.com because I, I, our listeners weigh in when, it, when it's impo- <laughs> an important, important topic stuff. like Halloween candy. Let's start with Under Armour. Third quarter profits came in higher than expected. Quarterly sales growth was the lowest in six years. You're such a hater. I, <laughs> I'm not. I'm a shareholder. So that's and I'm, important. And I'm wondering how worried I should be. Let's do this this way. Let's differentiate between the company and the stock because this is this okay. is a good teaching moment, I think. So the company put up fantastic numbers just in a vacuum for a minute. Revenue up 22 percent, profit up 28 percent. Apparel was great. Footwear sales 42 percent increase. Company is really doing well, putting up fantastic numbers. Margins were a bit challenged because they, they they're moving into things overseas and footwear don't necessarily have the same profit margins as apparel, so you see a little challenge there. But overall, the company's putting up tremendous growth numbers, as we said, 28% growth in profits. So, what's been going on with the stock? Why is the stock consistently getting crushed? I mean, what is it, down 60% or so this year, I want to say? Well, today it's down 14%. And if it was, if yesterday it was close to an all-time high, and we were seeing it down 14%. That I would understand. But right. as you said, this is a stock that's been basically cut in half over the last year. It has. So, what's been going on specifically is that they were putting up such tremendous growth rates that this, that ref, was reflected in the stock. The stock always reflects um, what people think are going to continue to happen into the future, often based on the past. These numbers here today show that the company is not going to be able to put up the kind of growth that they talked about just 13 months ago at their investor day. Um, and that's where people then, you know, certainly the professionals take out their pencils. Do people still have pencils? Sure. They fire up their spreadsheets, they redo the numbers because growth isn't going to be the same. That impacts valuation estimates. People sell the stock off because the current stock price is not supported by what the company is telling you the future growth is going to look like. Despite the fact that the company continues to be a wonderful company, putting out great products and growing very quickly, just not enough for the stock to support. Do you think at least part of what we're seeing with Under Armour has anything to do with Nike? Do you think that 
Because there was a point in time where you could look at Under Armour, both the company and the stock, and say, well, Nike is Goliath, and this is David, and they don't have to slay Goliath, they just need to get bigger. They've done that over the last few years. They've become a viable competitor. And you mentioned the footwear sales. I think that should give shareholders or potential shareholders a little bit of optimism, if only for the fact that they haven't been in the footwear market very long. There was a point in time when they entered the footwear market where people were saying, what are you doing? Why are you getting into footwear when you're so good at apparel? And that's worked out for them. But I'm wondering if at least part of what we're seeing is the fact that Under Armour has gotten bigger, so is Nike, and they're still Goliath. Yeah. You're right about the footwear, and and they've done a good job. I want to say they have something like an eight percent market share um, that went from zero to. I was going to say which is higher than zero, uh, right? Which is not too bad in a short period of time. But Nike, you know, still is is the big big dog there. I actually personally bought Nike within I want to say the last six months, not Under Armour, um, largely based on what I was looking at. Um, Valuation-wise, because Under Armour, as as we said, was selling at such lofty expectations. Uh, maybe before today's drop, something like twenty-eight times EBITDA. Today, obviously, a little less. Maybe that comes down to twenty-four times. But those are still big numbers. This company has to put up the growth. Nike certainly gets hurt by the competition, without a doubt. But Nike continues to put up strong numbers as well. They're just not the high, fast-growing company that Under Armour is, or perhaps they once were. So anyone. Who's looking at Under Armour and looking at both the guidance and the results they've put up and thinking to themselves, well, maybe they're going to cut back on spending. Maybe they're going to cut back on marketing, that sort of thing. It sounds like, based on what we were talking about earlier today, that's not the case. That anyone who thinks Kevin Plank is going to dial back growth expectations is wrong. Right, because yeah, you don't need to do that because that's the differentiation between the company and the stock. If he just ignores the stock and pretends it doesn't even exist, he says we're still thinking we're going to grow twenty percent a year. We still want to invest aggressively overseas. We want to open new stores. You know, we want to push continue into footwear. Um, he can. He has plenty of capital, and the company is doing um, certainly well enough where he can continue to drive forward. Caterpillar's third quarter uh, profits came in higher than expected. They lowered guidance. Those two sort of canceled each other out in terms of the stock, because the stock is basically flat today. The stock is flat. It's actually the best uh, performing industrial company so far this year, um, up about 25% the stocks um, this year. Um, but the company has been struggling for quite some time. So that is a, what, what we often call a dead cat bounce. Um, the five year stock chart will show you the stock is probably down 2% over the last five years, which has been a relatively good time in the stock market. Um, so this company continues to struggle. Um, the mining industry has just been so, so tough um, with almost all mined commodity prices getting smacked. Uh, miners just not buying equipment, and that just shows up in the numbers. And quarter after quarter, really, year after year, we keep waiting for a rebound ac- across the board here, whether it's Caterpillar or Deer or a small company I, c- I follow called Titan International. Um, and the numbers just haven't started to rebound yet. They're going to eventually. Things like this don't slump forever, but Caterpillar needs to take action. And, and what they're doing is, is they're Cutting jobs, ten thousand or so, ten percent of the workforce. They're cutting costs. They're getting leaner. They're you know hopefully meaner. And when the tide turns and miners start paying, um, you know, paying up again for equipment, 
they'll be in a good position. We don't see it happening yet. If commodity prices stabilize, we've seen some stabilize. For example, zinc is, is, is up nicely from its low. If we see um, commodities in general start to stabilize, that will show up in Caterpillar's numbers. How much of their business, roughly, is outside the United States? Um, for them, I want to say I know similar companies, so I'm just going to extrapolate. It's at least a third. Um, I don't know specifically Caterpillar, but it's a big number. I, I would certainly imagine. Um, and you know, so obviously we've had currency impacts hitting those numbers too. Um, and the the worldwide commodity market is tough. We, China, which affects everything, has been one of the problems as well. As China's growth has slowed, that has impacted all of the commodity prices, and and that has hurt their business. We've got a new CEO coming in. Um, the current one, um, uh, Doug, Doug Oberman, uh, forty one year veteran of this company, retiring. Um, we'll have an, a, a new CEO who I believe will not control the board, will not be chairman. Um, yes, and, and that's new it. for this company, um, which I always like to see. I, I like that separation, and uh, we'll see. He could be inheriting a company that is poised to turn. Um, he might have another twelve months of pain before that, though. Isn't it amazing to think that Doug Oberhelman has worked at one company for his entire adult it's life? It's a like, long that's, time. It's in his blood. That's one of those things. Uh, my father-in-law uh, is retired wow. now, but same sort of thing. Worked for one company his entire life. Wow, that's rare nowadays. Yeah, for very sure. much a throwback. Yeah. Uh, before we get to our next earnings story, I want to give a shout-out uh, to our friends at CricketShirts.com. Cricket makes comfortable, sharp-looking polo shirts that have a really nice mix of the old-school style and modern design. Very comfortable, super soft, 100% certified organic cotton. And I got a shirt. I got a, I like it. It's nice. Will it, it improve my golf game? I don't know about Nothing that. Nothing can improve my golf yeah, game. Yeah, I think I think that's a whole separate business. <laughs> but in terms of helping you look good on the golf course, nice. yeah, it's yeah. gonna help because you know they have. So different from the other polo shirts that I have, cricket shirts have removable collar stays. So your collar looks really sharp. sharp it's not yeah. limp and wrinkled and that. Kind of, it looks really sharp. That's innovative because I, I don't think I have any. Polo shirts that have that. Well, I got good news for you. Nice. A special offer for you and our dozens of listeners. You can get 20% off your first purchase by going to cricketshirts.com slash fool and use the promo code fool. Uh, I, I actually bought one for my father in law for Christmas because he's a golfer. Well, now you told him. He doesn't listen oh, to okay. this. Yeah, he's never going to know. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't think any of the dozens know him. So if you do, <laughs> if you know my father in law, George, keep it to yourself. This is just between us. Uh, go to cricketshirts.com slash fool, and that's cricket, C-R-I-Q-U-E-T, cricketshirts.com slash fool. Use the promo code fool. And if you don't like it, they've got free, no-hassle returns and exchanges. So, check it out, cricketshirts.com slash fool. Procter & Gamble's first quarter profits and revenue came in higher than expected. The stock up 4.5%. For a company yeah. of Procter and Gamble's size, my God, isn't this that is, interesting? I like this what is like a small doing. cap being up twenty five percent in a single day. Yeah, I, I really like what this company has done because they were kind of sluggish for a long time, and what they've done is they've sold off what what they would consider to be non core brands, forty one brands in total, to uh, Cody, and th those brands include the fragrance and beauty and the cosmetics business. Clairol would be one um, that people have heard of, and so they're really focusing on what they view as their top 
brands, and and it's working for them now. Now sales were flat, but there's some currency issues in there. Organic sales were actually up three percent, increases in all of their five main segments. Like to see that margins were up a bit. Like to see that, and and you saw profit increase as well. So that looks nice. I I love that they're. Able to cut costs in a pretty significant way, ten billion dollars over the next five years. That's in addition to around ten billion that they cut over the last five years. That's taken a lot of fat out of the business, um, and that really you know translates to increased earnings for shareholders and therefore increased stock price down the road. And you mentioned the the sale to Cody. Go back to 2014. They were in the pet food business. They sold that off. Two years before that, this was a company that was in the human food yeah, <laughs> business. Right. Sold that off in 2012. The um, you you tend to want to when when a business gets mature, you try to acquire your way out of that sluggishness, and that's when you know you either enter new businesses or you acquire other businesses and you kind of expand into new markets. After a while, then you all of a sudden you're bloated. And you say, well, we got to get back to our core. Now, this this makes investment bankers very, very happy because they're helping you acquire things and then they're helping you dispose of things. Yes. But for the business, it puts it through some turmoil that could hopefully be avoided. Um, and you just stick to your knitting, your core brands. Not every company is going to be a high growth company. Some are slower, mature blue chips like Procter and Gamble, who, by the way, pays a nice three percent yield, and um, the stock has, has been doing just fine, up about fourteen percent over the last year. We talk from time to time about how, no matter what's going on, it seems like the lawyers always win. <laughs> the investment beggars. I saw a story yesterday because we talked about the the mergers, two of the mergers yesterday with TD Ameritrade buying Scott Trade and obviously AT and T and Time yeah. Warner. And I saw a story that was ticking through, and there were a couple other smaller mergers yesterday as well, ticking through the investment banking fees. And here were the investment bankers on all of these deals yesterday, and here's what, how much money they got. Works out well. You know, I used to be on the periphery of that business, and I've done a, a number of deals myself, and a lot of my friends are in that world. Um, you work your butt off, but but you get compensated yeah. for it. Uh, one thing before we move on, uh, you you mentioned uh, Procter and Gamble's got five different segments: beauty, grooming, healthcare, home care, family care. Organic sales up in all five of them, which, yep. as you said, is impressive. Yep. And anytime we see these large conglomerate type businesses, Johnson and Johnson is one that comes to mind. Frequently, what we'll see in a quarterly report is some segments covering for the for an underperforming segment. That's not the case here. Uh, for those unfamiliar, what defines organic sales? So organic. Probably every company defines it a little bit differently, but typically it means sales that are not affected by acquisitions, that are just you know homegrown sales. This is what you have last year, and this is what you have this year. Compare the two. Is it up or is it down? If you factor in an acquisition to that, it's kind of like cheating. Also, sometimes companies will, will take out currency effects from that. So, a, a sales could be down once you take currency into effect, but if you strip that out, all of a sudden you see that actually they are up. And it just gives you an indication of, is this business healthy or not when you take out the, the things you can't control, like currency. Halloween is next Monday. Let's talk candy for a moment. Let's. And, and putting it through the lens of stocks, Stocks that can be undervalued or overvalued. Give me a candy, a Halloween candy that's underrated 
give me one that's overrated. And you know what? We're going to bring in Dan Boyd from the other side of the glass. All right, on this all one. right, Danny. Um, let's, so, let's go underrated first. Underrated, and it's underrated because I don't. I love it, and it's also you don't see it show up very often. It's not in the mix as much as the standard Snickers, and that's Take Five. Yes, that yes. was mine. No, nice. I got it right here. Yeah, <laughs> chocolate covered pretzels um, done well. And there just aren't enough of them. It's hard to. My, my son comes home not anymore, but did would come home from, from Halloween Eve, and you know maybe there's one in the mix, but you've got like 72 whoppers right. in there. And that's what you would steal from him is the take five. If, if he would allow me to <laughs> take five: chocolate, caramel, peanut butter, pretzels, peanuts. Yeah, that's that's my underrated. Dan Boyd, what do you got for an underrated Halloween candy? Well, I don't know if I can top take five because that's <laughs> one of my favorites too. Uh, but I'm gonna go with payday. Oh, old school. Another yeah. one, yes, an old yeah. school candy, and another one that you just don't see that often. It's just simple, just caramel and peanuts. Simple works, deliciousness man. works. Would that count as paleo? Uh, yeah, of course, <laughs> sure. Yeah, caveman ate <laughs> a long all, time. I think caramel is total, total uh, paleo. Uh, yeah, the caveman had paleo, uh, had, had caramel. Uh, overrated. What do you got, Ron? All right, I don't know if I'm going to make enemies here because this is iconic. Okay, but, but candy corn sucks. I, you're not wrong. <laughs> it just isn't good. A lot of people are going to back you on that one. <laughs> yeah. I think I think you are. I think you are going to get people backing you. Uh, I, so I think we had talked about this two or three years ago, maybe on Motley Fool Money, and I had an epiphany because we were having the same conversation, and Ron talked about Milky Way <laughs> in such negative terms that once I got over the initial shock of of how much Ron clearly. Hated. It's just Milky not necessary. Way. After after the show, I was thinking about it. I thought, my gosh, he's right. Milky Way is just so over it for for how ubiquitous Milky Way are. There's just not a lot going on there. I agree. I mean, what, it's just Snickers without peanuts. Right. It's garbage. It's a, it's an inferior Snickers. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you got, Tim? Overrated. Uh, this might be a hot take, uh, but Skittles oh. are complete garbage. Wow. Yeah. I'm a candy guy, so I take umbrage. Yeah. With that. Yeah, but, we, but we, Dan's we, bigger than me, so yeah. And you differentiate. When I think candy, I think all candy. When you say candy, you're thinking candy is Skittles, Nerds, non-chocolate items, non-chocolate. And right. so there's chocolate and there's candy. Yeah, to, for me. Yeah, I got to back Dan on that with the Skittles. That's another one that's uh, taste the rainbow, like, Dan. Taste you, the ever rain. see, you ever see a bowl of candy and you're like, oh man, M and M's. This party's going to be sweet. And you reach in and you have one and it's a Skittles, and then you just go home because your night's been ruined. Marketfoolery at fool.com is our email address. Please weigh in on the Halloween candy, underrated and overrated. We want your hot takes. Underrated candy, overrated candy. Marketfoolery at fool.com. Ryan Gross, thanks for being here. Always a pleasure. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, no buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.